Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. And the Cena at Coast FM this morning, part of our classic hits. Mama, don't dance. Daddy, don't rock and roll. Well, we're rock and rolling now for yet another weekend with the gardening gang, Pete Little and Sholan Darcy here on the radio. Good morning, young lady. You're dressed for success today. What's on? <laughs> a personal appearance today, maybe? A personal... Oh, a little meeting after. You should see it. <laughs> you should see it. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling very spring-like. It is a bit chilly this oh. morning, Pete, but I thought, no, I'm going to bust out one of my lovely spring dresses and put, the, put it on. And it looks fantastic. Everyone. Okay, come on by, folks. Have a little look at this outfit today. Uh, Sherilyn and Pete today, the gang. Uh, we're being sponsored every week now for three years at mm. least. Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs open all this weekend at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. The topic today is uh, uh, plants, garden and how to combine that with your pets. Now, Sherilyn, yes. I do know that you've got some, uh, well, a beautiful pet and a beautiful garden how come you can make it to work? <laughs> uh, What's your secret? One word, fences. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Look, I have a boxer and they are rambunctious, full of energy and they don't know the word no. And as my daughter fondly says all the time, boxer dogs do not have an off switch. They don't. So I've combated this by having fences, just small fences. That's all. He, he's not a jumper, so he's okay. Uh, because I found discipline doesn't doesn't really work with him. He's just like, but why he's not? He's a naughty boy. He's he? a naughty boy. Uh, Sailor, yes, he is, and he loves rolling in my herb patch. Loves it. I suppose because he just likes the smell, <laughs> and I'm like, nah, that's it. Or when he goes in with, with with me, I give him something to play with as well. That's something. So I distract him a little bit. But I thought today it'd be really good for us to dive into that combination because we do talk about pets on Home with the Gardening Gang as well. And we've got uh, some great experts. We've got Luke from Devo Designs today. I love Luke's tips, and he's going to talk about how to construct a garden that's safe for pets. And he's got a couple of interesting ideas as well there to sort of make them happy. Pets happy in the garden. And Dr. Liz O'Connor joins us just in a minute. She's talking about emotional pet connections. You know, why do pets get so sort of connected with us and upset when we leave well, as well? I guess there's a little bit of human in every animal, isn't there? I think you know, so. Well, I think so. Mm. Yes, they've got a soul, I'm pretty sure. I don't know about cats, though. I'm not a cat person. Well, let's not get into theology. Right. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, we've got a whole bunch of people this morning, particularly mm. the first hour, talking about the value of uh, keeping your garden in an appropriate form for the pets in our lives. Sherilyn, I'm looking forward to hearing more. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on this Saturday morning. We're talking pets this week on The Gardening Gang. All pets, all And day. we've got a major authority in that field. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Dr Liz O'Connor. Liz, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, nice to speak to you, Kate. Nice to speak to Cheryl. Hey, Liz. Hi. Well, look, we've been talking about all the practical sides of pets and somebody said to me, if you want to know a bit more about the emotional and even spiritual side of pets. Oh, the ooby-dooby side. Well, I don't know if it's ooby-dooby, but Dr. Liz is the person to speak to. I am so fascinated by this. Liz, the spiritual side of pets and us? Do animals have hearts? Emotional oh, well, that's hearts. A good question. <laughs> 
Yes, well, you could also um, ask if they have souls because I kind of think of it as the same thing. It's like their emotions, you know, do they have emotions? Of course they do. Everyone who's a pet owner knows their animals have an emotional life. But it's just not so not so much is known about that. It's very difficult to research. So it's kind of something to learn along the way, you know. Um, as a veterinarian, there's this kind of personal experience you have with all the animals you deal with, your mm-hmm. own pets and other people's. And then there's what we learn in science, which to me seems just so far behind. There's so much I've learned um, from experience about animals. So there's not a great deal of research done on that, huh? It's just a very difficult subject to research, you could say. I am sure that my boxer smiles at me and Pete thinks it's a load of rubbish, but would he be smiling at me, Dr Liz? I think, of course, Sharon. <laughs> of course. But, you know, we, we humans read so much into their facial expressions and, you know, think about how we, we breed animals to have faces and looks the way we like them, but really what we're talking about is uh, expression of emotion and, of course, they're happy to see you. So if you see it as a smile, it is a smile. Oh, and do you think that pets and their owners start to look like each other after a while? (laughs) Well, maybe not physically, but, you know, I'm sure they start to match each other vibrationally. What, what, and what do you mean by that? By they feel the vibration, do they? Vibes, yeah. They feel the vibes. Oh, yeah. So I guess it's kind of like there's an emotional exchange between the pet and the owner. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the vibe or the feeling that's around if there's an owner that's a little bit more anxious and if that's kind of around in the emotional environment of the pet, mm-hmm. they might tap into that or they might not. And sometimes it's the other way around. The pet is a little anxious and the owner's not. But it's kind of over time, it's interesting how this exchange expands and develops um, when animals have long-term relationships with um, their people. All right. Well, we're talking about dogs a lot here, but do cats express the same sort of, you know, vibes and All connections? cats want to do is eat and sleep, I reckon. And the rest, yeah. Well, see, I'm not a cat person, so that's why I'm <laughs> fast. I want to know, Liz. So do cats, do, <laughs> are cats just the arrogant so-and-sos that Pete thinks they are? Or do they have a heart and soul as well? Of course, of course, and they're really great at tapping into their own well-being and worrying less about humans than dogs. Oh, Oh, come on, Liz. They say they do. I'm very surprised (laughs) at that statement, but you're the doc. I can't really challenge you. (laughs) They're great at looking after themselves, aren't they? And they're great at tuning into um, just whatever they feel like, whenever they feel like, without um, any ado, they just enjoy themselves, they relax, they go for what they like, and um, there's no holding back. All right, we'll be talking about looking after our pets, particularly in the garden and keeping them nice and safe and happy. So when we do go away from our gardens and our homes, do our pets miss us or is it just that we're someone to play with? Do they pine for our presence again? Yeah, are they pining for our Mm. company or is it just food and water and, you know, whatever else we might give them? Yeah, well, of course, separation anxiety, which is the, um, you know, what us vets would describe it as, is more common in dogs than cats. And we would certainly say that we can see that there's symptoms of them uh, missing us, but us humans read a lot more into it than perhaps there is. We can see that if we set them up with certain expectations. So this is from the experiences that the puppy and the might have from a young age of how a human behaves. They learn to read the situation like when the car keys are picked up 
and when the shoes go on, okay. um, and the car starts. And All those starting, triggers, yeah. Yeah, yep. a little worried. Oh, yeah, so they, they can learn these triggers mean you're going to disappear. Mm. And depending on how you've trained your dog, they can, um, you know, of course become disappointed. But perhaps this sort of disappointment is not as long-lived as a many of us humans read into it. A lot of us uh, pet owners get really concerned about the missing us and mm. they're very upset about leaving our pets and we're suffering from separation anxiety even more than our pets. But yes, definitely it's um, very possible that this condition, which is actually very common, can mm. develop quite easily when the owner doesn't have the right uh, educational information to help the pet learn well, not I, to fear the separation. I, I bet uh, Cheryl and has to move the car keys very quietly Oh, it's if she doesn't want the dog to go crazy. Sailor knows. <laughs> I've got a work bag that I, a little rolly bag that I bring in here to Coast FM and he knows that I'm off to the radio station and gets naughty. He knows? Yeah, he, oh, he knows that I'm off and you know what he does? He rips up a cushion if it's around <laughs> and he only does it when I come oh. into Coast FM. That's it. I should leave the radio on maybe. So but, yep, do you do any work it. on behavioural issues there, <laughs> Doc? Send Sailor over. Yes. We do, Kate. Oh, Dr Liz, thank you so much. You're most welcome, Sharon. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the gardening gang. That was Dr Liz O'Connor having a chat with us about the emotional connections that we have with pets. I I think the answer's yes. With the gardening gang this morning. FM, Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy on the gardening gang and Sherlyn travelling off to Floriard next month. Woo-hoo! We are off to Canberra for the fabulous Floriard and my first time in Canberra for years, Is I've it? got to say. It's my first time in Floriard for years and I'm so excited because we've been invited to broadcast live from Floriard on Saturday the 23rd of September and we've got a bath, a coach, it's a coach, almost filled with coasties that are coming with us. Now, Pete. I think we better check with Palmer's coaches to see if there's any spots left because of, we're getting phone calls from people saying, you guys got any, any seats left? Hey, right. Phil, you're at Palmer's this morning. How are you? Hi, gang. I'm well, thank you. Um, good to hear from you, mate. Now, Phil, uh, the latest update, we've got six weeks to go before we take off to Floriard. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what have we got in terms of uh, seats? Half a dozen? Four or five? We've yeah, we've got about eight seats left on the coast. Okay. But I've only got four rooms at the motel left. Now, I can... I'm not giving up mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm not betting down with this girl. No, no, we've got separate rooms. It's all very on the up and up. <laughs> well, well uh, I'll send out the back for you. That's, uh, so what do we need? we need? To fill it to the to the top, we need four doubles. Is that right? Yeah, four, four doubles. doubles. Four doubles, okay. Now, four doubles uh, means twin you've share? only got uh, yep. between share, wouldn't it? Yep. So if you'd like to come along to the Floriard, Phil's got, talk to Phil at the Palmer's Coaches, mm-hmm. 4328 are, are, is your telephone system, is that being manned today for inquiries, mate? Uh, we're only here on weekdays, so no, not today. Okay. All right. Monday. Monday. Give it, you go give, it a, Monday. give it a go on Monday. Yeah. And, that's, uh, don't forget, it's such a fantastic tour. You can, you'll be picked up somewhere along the Central Coast. Palms Tours will be stopping along the way. It's 
Dawson. Dawson. And right down to your minor. Mate. Okay, so well, if you're Woi getting Woi. on early, I'm getting on at Dawson all the way down to Woiwe. Then we take off. This is on the Friday. We take off to Canberra. We've got two nights accommodation. Most meals are covered as well. And you get to travel with the gangsters. Me Hello Pete. there. Yes. It'll be fun. It'll be sucked. It will be. <laughs> Excuse me, mate. I had to, <coughs> I had to sneeze there. All right. Oh, that was a bit of hay fever, I think. Yeah. Okay. Once again, talk to Phil. Uh, we've only got those few seats left, That's and it. we'd like to have uh, a full coach. It'll be great fun. It'll oh, be brilliant I can't fun. Wait. I'm so excited. Uh, taking off on the twenty third, twenty second, twenty second of September. Mm. Yep, Friday, mm. Saturday, Next and month. coming back Sunday. Okay, Phil, thanks for your time this morning and uh, we look forward to a wonderful, wonderful uh, weekend with Palmer's in five or six weeks' time. Yeah. Thank you very much. Can't wait for it. Okay, thanks, Phil. There's Phil from Palmer's Coaches here at Coast FM this morning. No problem at all. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, a couple of garden lovers. That's what we're interested in. And uh, we're talking about, I don't know about pet lovers, though. I'm not really a pet lover. You are. I love them. We're combining gardens and pets today. We are. Now, we thought we'd look at uh, the garden design. And uh, we've got uh, the wonderful Luke DiVincenzo, who is involved in his own company called Devo Designs. Oh, we've had Luke on before. I love Luke. And he was extremely, very popular. Oh, there he is. There he is. Luke has just appeared. He has just appeared. And Hello. Luke, have you been commissioning in any gardens or designing any particular facilities that have a, a, a bent towards uh, the family pet or not? Uh, we have indeed, actually. There's, um, I guess, most of the client's concerns, and it's more residential stuff, is the wear and tear on grasses. Mm. Um, and animals being animals, the same as humans, they they tend to take the same track every time. So you start to get tracking in your lawn. Oh, oh right. like a path. And other things you can do is the preparation for your lawn would be putting in um, a really good quality galvanised mesh under the lawn if you have those little critters that like to dig holes. Oh, I Dogs never that thought like of dig. that. So that would, if there's a mesh underneath it, of course they can't actually dig into the hole. Yeah, yeah and, and not just the chicken mesh, a good quality mesh that lasts, you know, for a long just time. Put a bit and of uh, Rio in there, they won't get through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then when you're done with the dog and it passes on, you can concrete the backyard. We pop down the lead walls and get some more Rio. <laughs> no. Well, Luke, is there any particular grass that's better than others that can stand up uh, to the family yeah, it's pooch? It's concrete. No, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> I would say that they all will wear. However, there are some that are better than others. The yep. cooch is very good at bouncing back, and um, if it, there is damage or or wear, or if we have extreme rain and it seems to get waterlogged, or is there's drought, the cooch will always bounce back no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some nice new cooches out there, like Tiff Tough, that's like a bowling green. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's also a lot of dogs that like to itch and have allergies, they're like four-legged humans. Mm. And things like palmetto buffalo, which is the lower irritant um, buffalo, which is I like buffalo lawns. Um, yes, yeah, so keep those things in mind. Because my dog, yeah. my my sailor, I get to put talk about sailor all day today. Stop rolling your eyes, Pete. But he mm-hmm. does get those allergies, and I didn't know that there was a grass that was low allergy. Your dog's so. allergic yeah. to bindies, even. No, he's not. He's white. I think he's, everyone is. Oh yeah, no, he's a white fox, and so they they've got very sensitive skin. He doesn't like it, so we we don't. Yeah, we don't well, keep, keep keep in mind with that too. There's a lot of toxic plants out there that not many people are aware of as well for dogs. The same way, there is a lot of essential oil plants 
for dogs and pets that can help with their moods. I know if I'd be the last person to say this, I grew up in the country where dogs are dogs and they stay outside and they're dirty and we're clean and inside. That's as far as I went. But I know these days people talk about dogs having anxiety and depression and things like that. Um, and there are a lot of essential oils given off from things like lavender that will um, be calming for pets that have those sorts of issues. Wow. So having like yeah. a nice little lavender hedge probably next to the fence, that would be a good idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some plants they, they enjoy more nice, than others. I wonder if a nice David Beckham spray would work. Yeah, <laughs> David Beckham spray. What? There's a cool trick we like to use too that um, if you have a nice garden, your dog keeps running through it or digging it or ripping mm. some one section they send to get fixated on, um, diluting pepper and cayenne pepper together uh, and spraying that. Uh, not on the, the dog, though. splashy stuff, Not yeah. on the no, dog. No. On the plant, I think. <laughs> on the plant. Yeah, it's not toxic, and as you know, the dogs have to sniff before they do their sludgy business. Mm-hmm. And if they get a whiff of pepper up their nose, they'll be likely to move on. I hope you're sticking to pepper elsewhere, maybe. Don't oh, peace. <laughs> Stop it. Luke, love it. Thank you so much for having me once again. Love talking to you guys. That's Luke DiVincenzo from Devo Designs and telling us how to build a pet safe garden. With the gang this morning here at Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy with the gardening gang. Now, Sherilyn, in the course of the week here at the radio station, we had a visit from... Uh, uh, a young and very uh, excited young man, uh, Peter Brunker, who is involved in the Mingara Orchid Club. We were talking about that uh, outside broadcast we did a couple of months ago. But Pete's also here today to remind us about the um, Central Coast Spring Orchid Show and Fair coming up in September. Pete, good to see you. Thanks Thank for you. coming by. Thank you. What can we tell uh, the Coast FM listeners today, mate? Well, on the Saturday the 9th of September... From 9am to 4pm and on Sunday the 10th of September from 10am to 3pm at the Anglican Church Hall at Brook Avenue in Baddow Bay, mm-hmm. we'll have our spring fair and show. And on display will be Australian native orchids and exotic orchids from around the world. Now, the one that we had a couple of months ago in, what was it, June... Uh, that was a larger event, the yeah, one at Mingara. was yeah, sig- your big that, annual. This is yeah. a smaller kind of spring yeah. kicker. Yeah, that was significantly larger, but yeah. this is going to be fantastic. And a freebie too. A freebie, absolutely. So it's free entry. And there'll be lots of stalls there as well. Yeah. Um, they'll be selling orchids and orchid products and especially our giant members table. Really? Yeah. Are they orchids. giant orchids or giant members? <laughs> giant members. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a reminder here, it's in about four weeks' time, four weekends' time, so um, think about this one. Get, if you're into orchids, it's not at the Mingara Club. It is, as Pete said, at the um, Anglican Church Hall in Brook Avenue at Bateau Bay. And just also a reminder, it's spring native orchid time, so this is the place to see your spring native orchids, as well as the exotics from around the world, but spring natives, fantastic place to see them and purchase as well. And check out the giant table too. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Good on your feet. Thanks for coming by this morning. It's my pleasure. Times there's the Corgis. One hit wonder here at Coast FM from our classic hits on this Saturday morning. It's a beautiful day out there. Temperatures have just been updated. 12 degrees in Gosford and on the waterfront at the moment it's about 13. On the mountaintop, our favourite spot for gardeners, 
That's Mangrove Mountain, of course, Cheryl. Is it? Okay, yes. It's 10 and a bit. <laughs> 10 and a bit, which is not bad. Do you think? Oh, gosh, no, it's too cold for me. Okay. That's it. Uh, you like Munmora people have no idea the you know the tough lifestyle oh that is on the goodness. on the top of the hill. Uh, you know what I do know about this living <laughs> up in the north is the fact that you southerners forget about us. That's the biggest part. That's the biggest toughness we have to put up with. Is like, uh, hello, there is a north of the coast. Are you with me? Are you with me listening at home? Anyone living north of Wyong? Well, I've got to actually go through your part of the world today. We're going oh, to Hunter you got Valley. Your passport? And that'll, be, that'll be sort of a. You know, hold your breath. We're going through Lake Munmore. Oh, bring, bring your passport. Make sure that you get it stamped at the border. Thank you, Mr Little. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy mm. here today. Well, that's very French, Darcy. Now, we've got our theme today all about, uh, you know, pets in the garden. Yes. Rachel O'Kell from our Green Sanctuary is joining us. I love Rachel. Hello. And she's got some nice ideas. Hello. Hello, Rachel. Now, Rachel, with COVID being well and truly over, quite a few people bought pets to keep them company and mm. they're still in their mm-hmm. lives and the gardens <laughs> have come good and, boy, things have changed in the last 12 months or so. So Rachel's joining us to kind of talk about how you keep that happy medium between a lovely pet that you love yes. and those houseplants that you also love. Well, yeah, and some of them aren't so lovely to pets either. That's the issue. That is. Rachel, I'm a bit scared yes. sometimes when I look at my houseplants and think, oh, is it poisonous or not? <laughs> so there tasty? are some that aren't good for pets. What are they, Rachel? There's quite a number, um, but I thought I would prepare some of the most common toxic okay. houseplants for pets because mm-hmm. – Obviously, when we go shopping in a nursery, that's where we're going to buy our houseplants and that's where we might not be sure whether that plant is going to be safe for our pets or not. Some of the more common ones are your alocasia species or your elephant ear plants. These are toxic to humans and pets if chewed or swallowed and they can cause a skin irritation. And they're so very popular. Of, they're very, very yeah, popular by those. Yes, they are. Of these plants contain something called calcium oxalate crystals, and that's the toxic part. So that's what can cause that intense pain and swelling in the mouth or in your pet when it's chewed or, or swallowed. So we, obviously, we don't want our pets to be eating these types of houseplants. No. Um, another one is the aglaonema or the Chinese evergreen. These are also toxic to pets, cats, dogs, and horses. They have really beautiful foliage, as does the different bachia species or dumb cane plants. They're not safe either. Anything in the philodendron family, which is like a lot of houseplants uh, in the philodendron <laughs> family, or any of their closely related species, they're toxic to humans, cats, dogs, and other animals. Yeah, and that's that's just four, so I can keep going. But how do we, how do we find out? There's definitely a lot of information on the internet and a lot of your like vet websites will point you in the direction to some pretty solid information on where to find out whether a plant is going to be toxic or not. But the Mm -hmm. best way, if you're going to buy a plant, have a look. There should be a plant tag. It should have a botanical name or a common name on the plant. The botanical name is usually more accurate. That's the scientific name of the plant. Mm -hmm. And if you do a a search like a a Google and you say the name of the plant and is it toxic to to pets or toxic to cats or toxic to dogs or whatever pet you have, Mm -hmm. um, usually that information will come up pretty quickly online. The other telltale sign of a toxic plant is white sap. 
this is a really good indicator. And generally speaking, if a plant has white sap, then it's a toxic plant. And so you want to make sure that you... For everyone, I think. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you want to wear gloves. You don't want to wipe, you know, wipe it on your skin. You definitely don't want to ingest it. Um, so yeah, really important to just do your research. And I do want to just mention one other plant, which, you know, a lot of people might have, and they use it for themselves because it's not toxic to us, but it's toxic to dogs. And that's Mm. aloe vera. Oh, I've heard this one. Yes. Yeah. So we might use it as a topical gel for, you know, a skin irritation or some sunburn, Mm. but it can be mildly poisonous to dogs. So Mm. if you have aloe vera there are ways that you can style your plants where they're not going to be close to your fairy friend so hanging them or using putting them on a high shelf you know maybe not always for a cat depends on what kind of cat you have Um, (laughs) but generally speaking for dogs hanging plants should be fairly safe and rabbits you know they're not going to jump up that high no, they're not. Most of the time. You know? <laughs> but insane. Cats are a bit more agile. <laughs> so in sharing all of these toxic plants and having to watch out for them, are there any plants that you can recommend that are safe for everybody? Paper. Absolutely. Paper Absolutely. plants. <laughs> plastic plants. Other than plastic plants, Rachel. <laughs> so parlor palms, they're a great non-toxic cow plant. That's, and I don't know if I'll say this correctly, but Charmadoria elegans. Yes. Um, they're really easy care as well. They grow to a metre. They're beautiful. Mm. Um, anything in the Calathea family, they're oh, non-toxic. Okay. Yeah, and also have beautiful foliage. Now, they might not be the easiest of indoor plants, but if you can give them a nice humid environment, grouping them together really helps. They're a pet-friendly addition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, really commonly known, the spider plant, that's a great one. Cast iron plant, that's a really good one. They're all safe. Air plants are safe, Tillandsia species, mm-hmm. and... Um, even your Boston fern or your sword fern, those beautiful baskets are perfect. They're non-toxic. Yeah, and um, they're back in fashion, aren't they, those Boston oh, ferns? They were big in the 70s are. and 80s and I'm seeing them everywhere now. Mm, That's definitely. Good well, they're, they're giving you those jungle vibes. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> another way to avoid your pets munching on your indoor plants is to get them a plant of their own. So cat grass or pet grass can be a great strategy to keep your pet safe and still let them munch on something green. You can get it at your local nursery or, you know, wherever you shop for plants. And just because it says cat grass doesn't mean it's not just for cats. Like sometimes they label it pet grass. It's for any any pet, rabbits, dogs. Yeah, dogs. They all like it if they want to have a munch. And that way you're sort of saying, like, this is for you and these ones are for me. So I like that. your little puppy Mm -hmm. uh, eat grass? grass He loves it. He's munching. And I was worried before because they say, oh, dogs are sick when they eat grass. But we did have an episode with our pet vet once, Tanya, and she said, nah, some dogs just like to eat it. And he has since he was a puppy. Thanks, Rachel. They're great tips on keeping our pets safe around our houseplants. That's Rachel O'Kell there from Our Green Sanctuary. I'm the gardening gang this morning at Coast FM. Thanks, Rach. Thank you. Coast FM, the gardening gang, in play for yet another day with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, being sponsored today by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs. And Doormaster Doors and Security Windows. Easy pie. Now, Vicky is on the line right now. What's hot, Vicky, from Narara Valley Nursery? Vicky, good morning to you. Oh, good morning. How are you today? Very excited. You know, Vicky, we've only got about five weeks before we head off oh, to uh, Florida. Yeah, yeah, Florida. Yeah. Right. I've got a 
very excited customers here ready to go too. Have oh. you really? Are they booked in yes. already? Are they coming with us, Vicky? Yes, they're booked in with you guys and they're raring to go. And hello, Keith, because I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we do, we've heard there's only a few seats left. It's very, very exciting. Well, they better get hurried up and book their seats then. Well, that's the idea. Uh, otherwise, they'll be sort of running behind the van. Um, <laughs> sort of van. Running behind the coach. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. It's a luxury coach. It's not Pete's van. You know, whatever. over in India, have you ever seen those pictures of people in India where they're sitting on the roof of the bus and the roof of the trains because they what? haven't got enough seats? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen no, with us, no. Beautiful seats. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness, she says. Now, Vicky, what is hot in the nursery world at the moment? Well, spring is in the air and everything is ramping up and Leroy's Garden World at Roomba will have the bargain shoppers buzzing over 20% off stone fruit trees. You can buy any one 40 mil lavenders for $60 at Burbank House and Garden at Erina Heights. Mm-hmm. Forest's Beach Garden Centre are stocked up on Geraldton wax plants, which make great cut flowers. And Y.E. Nursery just received an awesome delivery of orchids, including big cymbidiums and native orchids too. Well, wow. wow. that's it. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> that's well, certainly with this lovely weather, spring is in the air. Uh, and I'm just wondering if there's any major activity at uh, Narara Valley this week, uh, Vicky. Any major major, acti- major activity in terms of flowers and that? The whole nursery is buzzing with bees and lots of colour, so it's very exciting here. And our what's hot this week? comes all the way from the foothills of Victoria's most beautiful mountainous region, the Dandenong Ranges. Mm. It's our Protea flora range of gorgeous Proteas. The Proteas are out. The Proteas, I know that they're a native to South Africa. Well done, Pete. You've learned something. What Correct. else do I know? I don't know. rest of it, I wouldn't have <laughs> you a clue. Know, you've, you've been learning a lot on the gardening gang. I tell no, you that what. was out of a sport magazine. Really. The, the <laughs> oh, Proteus are a yeah, sport they, team. Yeah, yeah, what, what were they? Well, it's not my thing, so I wouldn't have a clue <laughs> okay. about that. These Proteus that we've got in, they're not in flower, but I can tell you the foliage is amazing. That We have the most amazing foliage colours. There's silver, there's pink foliage, or there's new varieties that we've never seen before. So best to come in and have a look this weekend. And every weekend, why not? Now, I'm just uh, thinking about what is not hot in the gardening season at the moment. Seeing this around a little bit at the moment, and it's uh, zinc deficiency in citrus. So first of all, it's seen as yellow mottling in the new growth, and then later becomes more severe, and the main veins remain green, but the rest of the leaf is yellow. There's a lot of people out there that have this problem at the moment. But without treatment, the leaves will drop and you'll get dieback. So you need to treat with a soluble corrective element of zinc. That's my what's not hot. Well, that's more of a gardening tip really, isn't it? Anyway. What's what are you talking about? That's what, if she's talking about what's not hot and how to fix it. Oh, I was hoping there might be it. a dramatic moment there that it we can sort of say, oh, oh, really? Oh, my God. God. You know? So there are no scandals we can talk about, are there? You know? What are you talking I've got about scandals that none of you guys or all, all your listeners will be interested in. <laughs> okay, we won't <laughs> go there. <laughs> okay, now let's uh, have a look at the uh, the big game we play every Saturday morning. So, Vicky, stand by now. Is it a fact or a stand fib? Sherilyn's got this little story here from the gardening world. Mm. And you and I have got to assess whether it's a fact or it's a fib. 
All right. We're all gearing up for spring. Thank you so much for reminding me. And, you know, spring isn't a date on the calendar. In Australia, we say it's the 1st of September. So my son was born as well. I'm clever having a spring baby. But actually, it is when the temperature gets to a certain sort of level for us to plant our seeds. No frost and things like that. No frost. That's actually it. It's not a date in the calendar. Well, can you imagine how hard it is to decide in Finland and places like Finland when spring starts? Well, over in Finland... People do garden, believe it or not. And, in fact, allotment gardening is very, very popular. It goes back to about 1917 when there were over 6,000 plots, and that's a lot for a little tiny country like Finland. But this is like like our community gardens they are, where people garden. Now, they're considered public spaces, so you can actually go, this is my allotment, rent it, buy it, whatever you like, because people don't have their own gardens, but they are considered public parks. Now, the Finns, though, this is a bit of a problem, that they have a, an old folklore saying that you can plant your... <laughs> God, get to it. Get to it. Stop it. it. You can plant. It's time to plant your seeds when you can lie naked on the earth. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to plant your seeds when you can lie in the nick on the earth. Yeah, so they don't. What time of day? Day or night? Doesn't matter. Because it does day or night. That's what they say. And it's an offer. And people actually do it. And they have a special day in Finland that's put aside once a week that they say that the kids aren't running around in that because they, they actually honour this system because it's their old folklore. Oh, so Vicky, have you ever done it. that in your life? Is that a life? fact or is it a fib? Have you ever just laid down, ripped off the gear and said, that's a nice warm day, warm <laughs> well, earth? That's, that's exactly how we do it here at Narara Valley Nursery. <laughs> Brad, myself and Lauren, we all strip off and lay on the ground and let the customers know when to sow the seed. <laughs> Well, I don't believe you. I think that's a fiction. I'm in absolute stitches. Oh, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that's a fact in Finland or a bit of fiction in Finland? Oh, my goodness. Carolyn said I was going to get it. I've got no idea because it's so outlandish. I think it might be, (laughs) let's go true. Uh, I feel it's true as well, actually. I know the Finns are great in sort of spas and all that kind of Mother Nature. You guys have got really dirty minds. It's complete rubbish. (laughs) Get your minds out of the dirty dirt. (laughs) There was a stab in the dark, that one there. (laughs) I know. Who knows anymore? Uh, Indeed. (laughs) She's caught us out that time. Uh, So let's uh, keep on rolling here. Vic, thanks very much for your time this morning and uh, don't be lying around places you shouldn't be lying around. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) I I promise. (laughs) Thank you. Coast FM, it's the Gardening Gang. At home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Gardening gang with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. There's the summer of 81. We're waiting for that one to arrive. It's been Pete. Oh, has it? Okay. Mondo Rock here at Coast FM. <laughs> Ten minutes after nine o'clock, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. Steve the bell ringer, the town oh, crier. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. 
morning. Yes, he's in the background there giving us a big bell <laughs> this morning. Mm. Ho, ho. Oh, that's not <laughs> No, no, no. Okay. Really. Time to get your hands dirty, Sherilyn. Totally is. Uh, that's right. Get those gloves on or off, whatever you prefer. Oh, you'd have to have them on. It's freezing today. And get those gumboots on as well. But first, what is on for plant lovers across the Central Coast, you ask? Well, I've got some answers. The Succulent Bowl Workshop is on at Burbank House and Garden at Mount White this afternoon at 1pm. It's a hands-on workshop. You'll learn to create a beautiful and unique succulent arrangement that you can then display in your home or office. All the materials you need, including a beautiful bowl and a selection of five gorgeous succulents to choose from. This workshop will suit beginners and more experienced gardeners alike. Bookings are essential. Ring Burbank House and Garden at Mount White on 437-0101. Oh, creating a backyard frog habitat is also on this afternoon at 1.30pm at Carryong. It's on at Philip House on the old Mount Penang Road at Carryong. It's just $3. It is part of the uh, Community Environment Network and the Australian Plant Society Central Coast Group's meeting this afternoon. You can find out more at uh, www.ausplants, that's A-U-S-T plants.com.au, Central Coast Events. And one for the diary, they've also got a their annual spring native plant sale coming up. So watch out for that. I'll give you more news soon. But if you're looking for Australian native plants and supporting a really great initiative, the Australian Plant Society, stay tuned and have a look at their website. All right. What can you plant in your garden? So if you're planning to plant tomatoes this spring, it's time to prepare the beds now. Get in lots of compost and chook manure pellets are really good. Well, Water in well and then cover it with a light mulch. Don't go too heavy on the mulch at the moment because we've got some rains coming and you might end up with some nasties like, mm, I don't know, a bit of mould and things like that that you don't want. So lightly mulch just to get that ready. And remember, you can't plant tomatoes where you've had nightshades the night the, the night before, the season before. So you can't have tomatoes in that bed before like last year or eggplant oh. and things like that. So we're rotating all potatoes, okay? Okay. Well, learning into, something yeah. there. Yes. Okay. We'll talk more about that. We will have our annual great big tomato episode coming up in a few weeks' time. All right. Other things that you can plant, culinary herbs, artichoke suckers, asparagus crowns, beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, carrots, cress, kohlrabi, lettuce, mustard, onion, parsnip, peas, potatoes, rhubarb crowns can go in and silver beet can still go in too now. That's lovely. African marigolds can go in, delphiniums, dianthus, English daisies, gypsophila, spider flowers and status. And that's what you can plant. Status. You know that you know that old fashioned it flower is sort of purple or white and sometimes yellow and it looks no like idea. little bits of paper. They usually it's a filler flower that they stuff into I never heard things. of a plant called status. Well sometimes they call it everlasting or they call it paper flower. It's a very I, if I show you a picture, Pete, you'll go, Oh <laughs> and I'm I'm well, imagining let's plant you know, some status. You can grow it here, yeah. Make sure you put it in a non-moist area. Steve's suggesting we're finished now. He's telling me to shut up. I know. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Okay. Get your hands dirty. Part of our gardening gang at Coast FM this morning. Classic hits now with a band called... Needs a second chance.
Coast FM, Pete Little and Charlotte Darcy. A beautiful Saturday morning and a gorgeous day to welcome to the Coast FM uh, studios this morning. Doreen. Good morning. You're morning. not uh, travelling around on your uh, camper this no, weekend? No, You're not stuck the on the coast, no, eh? No, I'm just sort of looking at it in the driveway at the moment, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well we're going to uh, put you to work now with uh, the market report around the Central Coast. Sherilyn's got a couple of favourite markets, but we're going to get your opinion. Mm. Of our markets today, not a big list you've got here. No, I not a big list. Looking it's, over your shoulder, my dear. Second Saturday and second Sunday, so um, that this makes is a what I have. Okay. But um, if anyone wants to send me any information on markets that I may not have, that would be wonderful. Okay. So today, Mangrove Mountain markets are being held between nine and three on the corner of Georgetown's Drive and Blood Tree Road. They raise funds for their local community and specialise in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts, and plants. Now, the YE markets are back on today between 8 and 1. It's being held in the community hall and grounds on YE Road. There's fashion, local produce, crafts, desserts, cakes and specialty coffee. And that's it for today. Oh, that's not much, is it? Oh, a very lean day today. Quality, though. Quality. I'll be in the garden yeah. instead. Okay, Doreen, let's flip over the page here. <laughs> not much tomorrow. Oh, I've a couple of things Disrupting tomorrow. my pages. Okay. So Sunday tomorrow. markets. Tookley Lions Club markets are being held near Coles Tookley between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and find some bargains. Gosford City Farmers markets are being held tomorrow between 7 and 1 with live entertainment. There's a wide variety of goods including fresh produce, rustic breads, pasta, deli items and crepes. And I also saw there's some interesting bickies on sale, those little homemade bickies that we all Why like. Why would you be that attracted would go well to those? Well, they're lovely. Oh, oh, to have with your coffee. You have yeah. it with your it's coffee. all about there's food, always mate. That and coffee. Mm, yeah, okay. Okay. Right. okay, and another good one, Woi Woi Waterfront Markets are on tomorrow between 9 and 2. It's all things creative. Think of well-being, flowers and candles. They have food stalls too. It's on Brick Wharf Road, Woi Woi, with Central Coast Ferries running services from Empire Bay, Davistown and Saratoga. Well, it's always a good one there when the weather's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, well, I say cool, being nice, <laughs> nice. relaxed. Almost you spring. Know, yeah. Groovy. Almost spring. <laughs> yeah, almost Sheldon's got her eye on that one, I think. I do. I like candles. Yes. And, uh, yes. yes. There's lots of uh, well-being stuff there. Oh. Heavy yes. <laughs> doobie. Need a bit of that. And lastly, the Entrance Lions Club Charity Market is being held again tomorrow between 8.30 and 12.30 and it's on in the Denning Street car park opposite Coles. Browse through their second-hand goods and specialty items. Okay, short and sweet today. Thank you very much, Doreen, for your time. You're Thanks, very welcome. Doreen. And uh, Pete and Sheldon and Doreen every Saturday morning about this time with the Market Report on the Gardening Gang. There she was, just Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963. Sherilyn, Darcy and Pete Little here with the Gardening Gang. Heard every Saturday morning between 8 and 10. Now, Sherilyn, I've got an apology to make to the audience. I oh. knew I was a bit uh, quick. What did you we do wrong now? We were talking to now? Phil from uh, Palmer's Coaches about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. About the couple of remaining seats on the big coach going down to Floriard mm-hmm. next month, and I gave the wrong phone number. Oh dear! And the phones have been going. Pete, we can't get through. Oh, number one, they're not open today anyway. <laughs> number two, yes, I did. Four three two five eight thousand. I was saying 
Four three two eight five thousand. Oh, bit dyslexic there, but a little, let's little go bit. Yes, and, and the office is open on Monday morning business hours. You can uh, jump in there. But truly, I know. Uh, I know it's an advertising tactic, but it's not in this case. We truly only have a few seats left. That's it, and uh, it's very exciting. I, I I get so excited about this. The Floriard website's up as well. If you're going, if you're one of the people on the bus with us, or if you're thinking about it, so floriardaustralia.com. They don't mention us. They might soon. <laughs> I don't know, but you can have a look and see the sort of things that we're going to see. And if you jump onto my website, sherylandarcy.com, how about that, Darcy with an E, there's a little tab there. You can click and you can download the flyer as Do well. you indicate to me that your future daughter-in-law might be booking? She was thinking about it, yes. Steph and was thinking about coming and... Uh, yeah, she was thinking. Well, she's going to hurry up and jump on. <laughs> she could have my seat if I'm going to be walking around the coach do? saying hello. Hello to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, no. You're we'll bringing the minties, though, aren't you? I don't think it's allowed you? walking around the coach. No, no, I'm it's fine. not allowed. But Pete's bringing minties, he's promised. <laughs> and uh, and and remember, the actually really good thing about this too, and I love Palmers for this, they have pickups on this all through the coast. They start at the Doilo and they've got a whole map that we're going to drive through the coast right down to the peninsula to Woi Woi and back to Gosford to pick people up. That's it. We're, we're act- not at your house, okay? Don't get too excited. Yeah, so much so that you get to Canberra about 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> you don't. There's a, no, no. There's about six stops that cover the, cover the coast convenient. just about. It's very, very convenient and I'll obviously drop you back there as well. So it's lovely. Yeah. Three. Imagine three days with Pete Little. I, I can't quite imagine it. So please come on the bus I? tour so that you can give me some more company as well. <laughs> Stop. At Central Time with the Gardening Gang, Coast FM 963. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. This is the Gardening Gang, heard every Saturday morning here. Hi. Hello. Tanya Middleton's joining us today. We have Tanya talking about the world of the pets and how do pets and gardens go together, Tanya? Can you see a good combination there or is it sometimes a fairly ugly outcome if they're spoiled, <laughs> for example? Oh, spoiled. Come G'day, on. Tan. What do you think? <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Um... Oh, pets and gardens can be a beautiful thing. Can be hazards, but you know, generally, can I think. be happy. Well, some of our correspondents today are sort of painting a fairly uh, tough picture on the combination of pets and gardens. I mean, there are some plants that aren't very favourable. Yeah. Uh, in the diet, and there's side. a bit of building you have to do as well. So I a little bit of work, but I was thinking, you know what? Can you be able to give us some information about? Doggy daycare. I don't even know what they call it for cat. What do they call it? Cattery, ca- cattery. cattery care. Cattery. It's a cattery. Yeah, cattery care. Okay. So, Tanya, if we decide whether it's full time or it's just time out for a day while we're putting our new plants in, how do we find good places to put our pets? Yeah, uh, the yellow pages yeah. are finished. So yeah, they are. Yeah. How do I know it's a good <laughs> cattery or doggy daycare? What am I looking for? Yeah. Look, I think when it comes to places like that, you should be able to visit whenever you like um, in, a, in a sense that you know sometimes people have um, or those sort of businesses will say oh no you must call before you come mm. um, you know I don't think I don't think that's 
I mean, sure, they they may have time for cleaning, you know, when they're cleaning, and and they yeah, are not, really and busy. not three o'clock in the morning, for example. No. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. Yes, but I think I think when those sort of places are very closed off to the public, mm-hmm. I think you've got to be asking questions because you've got to be thinking, you know, why are they closed off? Why can't I see where my yeah. pet is? And staying? if there's a dog track out the back there somewhere, and you see these, uh, you know, these rabbits. <laughs> Kate, <laughs> That's please. a bit sus as well, isn't no. it? Stop it. Oh my goodness. There's no places no. like that. So you know, you really wanna you really wanna be take my pet somewhere where, you know, you can go and see the facilities. You can okay. see where Okay, try going. before you buy. That's, okay. a, that's a big that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think mm. that they should be able to let you sort of not bend the rules, but be able to do a couple of things you want to do. I'm only saying this because one. Absolutely. No, no, no. Didn't. I wanted to put Sailor in a place, right, just for a couple of days because I had something on. And they were like, oh, no, he has to eat what we give him, nothing else. No, he can't have a blanket with him. I can understand that. And I was like, no, hang on a minute. You hang on. Got, you haven't got a champion breed. Oh, he's number a number one at the he's, show he's beach here. Number one in my heart, Pete. He's he's <laughs> more than a dog. So I I was like, is I she being unreasonable? Him. Am I being unreasonable to ask for these little, you know, little little not what do you at call all them? nudges to their rules? Not at all. I think it's very important that your animal does stay on the same food because you know a lot of animals will get an upset tummy if mm-hmm. they change their food suddenly. Mm. Um, so I think that's perfectly reasonable to ask them to stay on the on on your food and he can take um, his blankie you absolutely can, it, smells like, it smells like home yeah you know i think i think things like that are definitely important you know i i went away not so long ago and levi my cat stayed at the luxury cat lodge in erina heights and they are amazing i got to go in and drop him off like mm-hmm. I went into his little it's almost like a little cabin size it was oh. they have super chill music on it's like a day spa and um, <laughs> yeah look I took all of his food I even took his own litter in case he was fussy with and I felt completely relaxed leaving him there they sent me photos every couple of days videos as well um, you know little things like that absolutely you should be but able to Tanya, do everybody- for a service but Tanya, everybody hasn't got five hundred bucks a week budget to put their cat somewhere. <laughs> well, look, I, I don't think asking them to feed your specific diet is unreasonable. For those who yeah. haven't um, tried this method before, Tanya, just give us a rough idea of what you'd need to budget. Would it be? I mean, I mentioned the silly figure of five hundred bucks a week. There, uh, what would you normally expect to pay? Uh, on the uh, Central Coast for a, say, a cattery experience or a kennel experience for your dog? A week, a lot of a weekly fee. Look, normally they charge per day, like this is for a cat or a dog, anywhere from 25 to up to like maybe $120 a day. It's about the same same money as boarding a child, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Send the kids away for a week, you know, on one of those excursions. I know what you're saying. You're going to pay 120 a day for that, I think. Oh, seriously, if I had a child, I'd send them to my cattery. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. 
Oh, the love of a child, the love of an animal. There's no comparison, is there? Ah, it's very, very similar. Very simple. Tan, thanks for giving us the outline there. We know we've concentrated there basically on the financial outcome, but uh, there is a bit of love in there in your heart and you're talking about your favourite uh, cattery. So, uh, you know, nice to hear from you today. Yeah, Mm. thanks, Tanya. Yeah, no problem. That was Tanya Middleton. The pets all get together every Saturday morning and listen to this segment. They do. They do. (laughs) On Coast FM. Thanks, Tan. Thanks, guys. FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. Now, Cheryl, you've um, obviously uh, a home owner, so you don't need to sort of worry about uh, renting. In every uh, street, for example, on the Central Coast particularly, one in three houses are probably rented, one in four at least. And the government in a special uh, summit on the affordability and the availability of housing next week in Brisbane have uh, put on the table the fact that they're going to review renters' rights in Australia as a national plan. Now, Lachlan McDonnell, Ray White McDonnell Partners, you've had uh, rental uh, payrolls for many, many moons, mate. Are you aware of these impending uh, reviews? I am, Pete. There's been a lot of different talks sort of bandied around over the last few months, and uh, we're seeing quite a few different uh, proposals and, and different conversations around this. Okay, so Lachlan, in view of the fact that we've had all this experience dealing with uh, landlords and tenants over the years, Lachlan, what do you personally think uh, the areas that could be improved on in terms of the relationship between the landlord and the tenant? Yeah, well, Pete, I, I think that the government really sort of needs to look at what the type of investors are in the marketplace. And one thing we've noticed for some time is that the entire rental market, or most of it in this country, is built around the mum and dad investor. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is that you do get these issues where you have mum and dad investors whose lifestyle or their life circumstances change and they have to sell their property. And you've got a tenant who thought they had a long-term rental and suddenly they don't. Or you have a mum and dad investor who, you know, they're trying their absolute best to keep this all together with the investment property, but, you know, Rates are going up, things are getting tough, there's maintenance that needs to be done and they're not trying to be a difficult landlord but they really just can't afford to be doing all of the maintenance and the upkeep as well as managing the mortgage. So because we are so reliant on these sort of investors that own maybe only one property, mm-hmm. you know, greater than 70% of the investors in this, in this country only own one property. Really? Oh, that's only a small yeah, portfolio, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, Pete, I think what really needs to be focused on is being there's being more incentives for developers to do build to rent um, so that you've got these large institutions that are providing housing with no – they've got no inclination towards selling those properties. Okay. They're very happy to yeah. have tenants in their long term. They've got the funds to be able to do the maintenance. But that's almost like state housing, I suppose. Or the benefits of state housing are, of course, continuity and uh, also the fact that it's long term. Hmm. That's that's right, except that it's still private enterprise and it's a very different thing entirely, you know, in that regard. But I think if you look at the, the biggest gripes that tenants have, it's that they don't get long term rental it's that owners 
um, circumstances change and they have to move out and it's that maintenance isn't done. So, you know, if we look at trying to encourage or there being more incentives for investors who do have the capacity to provide the maintenance, who do have the capacity to leave people in the properties long-term, then that to me, I think, is a really good way to um, provide that stability to tenants. Well, the uh, article I read this week in the in the paper indicated that um, we do need to have a, a national plan rather than state by state. Are the state laws a great variance between the different states? There's becoming more and more divide, Pete, actually, yeah. with all of these changes recently. And um, that's another problem too because, you know, you've, you've got some states now which are going to be more preferable for investors than others. Uh, and, and obviously what that could create is, you know, a different rental markets, different um, environments for tenants, state by state. Mm. And that's really challenging when you're trying to have a cohesive nation and people move maybe for jobs between the states and find themselves in vastly different rental conditions with different laws, you know, state by state. That's quite tricky, I think, for a lot of tenants to navigate. That, uh, to me, would be just horrific if you're moving around the country a bit. Well, uh, mate, uh, time is the enemy, and we haven't uh, actually covered every issue that we tried to today in terms of uh, providing better housing options for people in Australia, but uh, hot topic, shall we say. Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners, thank you for your time this morning. Have a good weekend, mate. Thanks, Pete. Coast FM with Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy on The Gardening Gang this morning.